Welcome to Short Course, episode 81, for November 4th, 2022. I'm your host, Ben Barry. I wasn't sure when I was going to talk about this, but the fact that today it was announced that Derek Lewis has received a five-year ban from USPSA and Joe Rakowski a one-year ban, I think has made now the time to at least try and share the the facts as they can be documented of what has gone on this summer with the bannings of multiple members of USPSA. And I do this just because for people who don't pay attention, for people who aren't following the the drama, it can be tough to catch up. It's not clear who did what, when, or why. And this is my best summary of the timeline of events from what I can see from publicly available information, board of directors, minutes, Instagram screenshots, any anything that I know with my own two eyes I've seen. I'll try to avoid hearsay and rumors here, and I will also avoid talking about specific allegations because, as I'll get to, there is no good documentation on what was or wasn't done. So what we do know and the the history as up until now starts in July of this year and to very briefly set the scene late last year the then president of USPSA Mike Foley was removed by the board and then area 3 director Sherwin Greenfield who was the vice president at the time assumed the role of president And Kevin Collins, who was a section coordinator in Area 3, was appointed as interim Area 3 until a special election could be held to replace Sherwin. So at this time, we have an unelected president and an unelected Area 3. And they, early in the year, undertook to rewrite the bylaws in some fairly significant ways. And this then triggered a a lot of discussion among the membership and that brought us to July and in July on the 28th of July the board voted to suspend five members and the members in question are Ben Steger, Pat Brown, Brett Wally, Derek Lewis and Joe Ritkowski. Again, it's not I can't really litigate on this podcast, what they did or didn't do may or may not have done, but suffice it to say, there has been no official discussion of what they did to be banned. And that to me is the larger issue. Derek and Steger both posted the email that they were sent, which they said was followed up by a a certified letter. And in that email, they are told that Uh, The USPSA Board of Directors is hereby indefinitely suspending your membership in USPSA pending further Board of of Directors action per USPSA Bylaw 413 because of the following actions. Activity bringing discredit to the corporation. That's it. That's that's all that they were told. And then they were they were the the bylaw allowances for them to request a review and present the reasons why they should be reinstated was printed in this letter. But they were not given anything more specific than that. And they could request a review, but how could they follow what the bylaws say about presenting a list of reasons they should be reinstated when it they didn't even get more than half a sentence about what they had done? 
like I said, of these a few folks posted their letters. Others fo- posted just that they had been notified they were suspended. Well, most folks said they had been banned. This was met by some responses from members of the board of directors saying it's not a ban; it's just a suspension. They'll, they'll have a chance to you know answer and uh, respond to the charges before it becomes a ban, which at the time seemed like a, a bit of an out, you know, distinction without a difference because the way the bylaws are written the default resolution is that the suspension will progress to a ban. So yes, that was technically true, but was it truthful? Was it a genuine statement of reality or was it an attempt to deflect? Roughly two months later in late September, September 20th, there was another board meeting where this was addressed again. The first person whose suspension was reviewed was Ben Steger. And it was said that he did not respond in writing with a request for review, which I suppose is technically true. He did post publicly the letter that he sent to the board, which was, I will say, combative and condescending and did not include any kind of statement saying he wished to have a meeting or review. He prefaced it by saying, "This, these are the reasons you shouldn't suspend me. But he if you want to read it that way, he did not go out of his way to request a review. That's the way they decided to interpret it, and they handed him a five-year ban. Notably, in a an exception to what appears to be the de facto practice of the board of voting on almost everything unanimously, I, I do have to give Chad Stanton, Area 4, credit for voting no on this. It was still an 8-to-1 vote, but at least he, he registered some disagreement. The second discipline to be reviewed was Brett Wally and he the minutes also say did not request a review and he was given a two-year ban why was he given a two-year ban versus Steger's five-year ban what what deserves a higher or lower level of punishment no details we don't know we aren't told the third member suspension that was addressed in this meeting was for Pat Brown who was unanimously reinstated immediately, which begs the question. And it, it, the, the minutes say that he submitted a written response but did not actually join a meeting. So whatever he wrote in that letter was enough to convince them after having voted unanimously to suspend him as a part of this package of five suspensions, whatever he wrote in that letter was enough to convince them to unanimously unsuspend him. Now, what's concerning is part of the bylaws change that was passed earlier this year is that simply by having gone through this process, even though he has been restored to a member, he is not eligible to run for area director or president for a period of five years. I have heard, again, I I want to avoid hearsay, but I have heard that there were some discussions where he had thrown around the idea of running for area director. And so it certainly circumstantially looks like the main purpose of the suspension was to just disqualify him from that. So he was suspended for less than two months total, and he doesn't even shoot the sport anyway. He basically, from what I've heard, he he travels around and chaperones his two sons, one of whom just took second by less than a match point at limited nationals. So his sons are very competitive shooters in the sport, uh, but he himself does apparently does not actively compete, but by suspending him for two months and then unsuspending him 
refusing to or declining to ban him, he is ineligible to run for area director. So perhaps that is accomplished. Hard to know. No, again, there are so little details about what's actually going on here, why they changed their mind, what they originally suspended him for. None of this has been disclosed. At the end of that meeting, it was said that two, the two other folks who had been suspended, Derek Lewis and Joe Rutkowski, had requested review meetings and that those would be scheduled. According to later board of directors minutes, those are scheduled about two weeks later on the 6th and 7th of October. Uh, in Joe's meeting, he was invited to join. He was allowed to give a statement, answered some questions, and gave a closing statement. And this all lasted about an hour. The board then went into executive session for an hour and a half. And then that meeting concluded, and he was told he would be informed uh, by November 5th of the, the final disposition. And again, this is, as from from what I have heard and seen, going into this meeting, he'd been given no further details about what he was actually suspended for. And so how can you prepare to defend yourself against charges you aren't even told about? This is this is not due process. This is not a fair system. This is this is a system designed to give the appearance of more than just being a kangaroo court. But when you aren't actually allowed to know what the charges are, what the evidence is, and actually mount any kind of defense. And it's just up to uh, a majority vote of the, of the, the directors. This is, this is something quite far from what we would think of as proper due process. Uh, so the next day was Derek Lewis's hearing. And according to the minutes, his hearing was even shorter, which is surprising because he ended up being given a much stiffer penalty. So to, to jump to the end of the story, what was announced today is that Joe ended up getting a year ban and Derek ended up getting a five-year ban. And again, Joe was on the meeting with the board for an hour. Derek his presenting his statement, answering questions, presenting a closing statement lasted about half an hour. So I don't know how many questions they could have asked him about what was a very severe penalty Right, So of, of the five people suspended, two of them were suspended for a period of five years. So Derek got as bad a penalty as anyone, and they had less than 30 minutes. His meeting with them lasted 30 minutes. W were they actually interested in finding out information, or was he just being allowed to present his case when there, the decision had already been made? But because he, he did post this publicly, I can... I can read it here because I think it's relevant to at least showing the the what little we know about what actually went on in that meeting. So this is the the, the written statement that he read uh, at, that he says he read at the beginning of the October seventh meeting. USPSA board members, thank you for the opportunity to discuss my suspension with you this evening. I received my suspension letter on July twenty eighth, and the reason indicated on the letter was quote discredit to the corporation unquote. I attempted to correspond with the board on August 14th, August 22nd, September 1st, September 2nd, and September 14th. On each of these dates, I requested documents and additional information be provided me, to me to understand the reasons for my suspension and allow me to provide informed responses in the event the board may have questions as a part of this process. In all instances, I received no additional information and will be unlikely to provide informed answers to any of your questions. 
As I am certain the board is aware, I maintain an active social media account on Instagram whose purpose is to inform USPSA members of newsworthy events through data, well-sourced information, and information in the public domain. I am empathetic to any board members that took my actions personally, and I understand how my posts could be viewed as elevating the emotions of the membership and the controversy on social media. In no instance have I intentionally posted information that was false. It is true that the information I posted reflected negatively on the board and brings attention to management employees whose conduct I believe may have been against generally accepted corporate policies. I would add the board is not the corporation, given the fiduciary duty of the board to act in the best interests of the corporation and its membership. Any activity considered as self-dealing would be harmful to the corporation and its membership. Therefore, the board cannot be the corporation. Furthermore, the corporation has an obligation to protect employees from the board and other employees. This did not, does not extend to protecting employees from external factors. As a member of the corporation, I raised questions regarding the conduct of the USPSA board and employees on a variety of subjects that are relevant to the governance of any corporation. Bringing awareness to these activities to the USPSA membership is not inappropriate, nor is it an attempt on my part to quote-unquote discredit the USPSA organization. Rather, the purpose is to provide the membership with the information I have acquired so members who are interested can make informed decisions and seek additional information as they deem necessary. Based on the lack of detail provided to me regarding my suspension, I will maintain that my suspension is unjustified and should be reversed immediately for the above reasons. The recent suspensions continue to be a polarizing, controversial issue for the board and management. Many of the USPSA members active on social media are thankful for my efforts, and as a passionate supporter of the sport, I would be open to future productive discussions on corporate governance and compliance with the organization's management. Reversal of my suspension would benefit the organization, and I would con consider this matter resolved. Not exactly the rantings and ravings of someone trying to burn the corporation down. So that brings us to today. Out of these five suspensions, Pat Brown was reinstated immediately. Joe Rutkowski was handed a one-year ban. Brett Wally, a two-year ban. Ben Steger and Derek Lewis have been banned for five years. So what's the issue with this? Well, first of all, we don't know what they were suspended for, why Pat Brown was not, the ban was not followed through on. We have no idea what it takes, where the line is to get suspended. It appears, again, without going too much into what I have seen and, and what the general impression is, but it appears that being overly critical of the board in social media or YouTube or on podcasts can get you a suspension. In fact, I'm very aware of that and trying to choose my words carefully in, in posting this. Because I, I don't know if USPSA again were to, were to even suspend me for a day under this article, it would prevent me from continuing in my, the process of running for Area Six Director next year, and the president could do that at the snap of his fingers. The ban has to be confirmed by the full board, but the actual suspension process can be initiated simply by the president making a decision. But the larger issue is unquestionably a disciplinary action like suspension and banning is meant to act as a deterrent. It is a way for the organization to say this activity is not allowed and this is what will get you suspended or banned. And for how long? Why did Joe get one year? Why did Brett get two years? Why did Ben and Derek get five? We don't know. 
The only people who know are the members of the board, and they're not talking. If there is any value in these kinds of disciplinary actions, it has to be in discussion of what was done. The fact that they don't want to talk about what the what the actions were that led to these suspensions. Okay, I get it. Whatever it was, maybe it was hurtful things said about the members of the board. You don't exactly want to publicize that if what they were saying is is hurtful. Okay, fair enough. I get it. But when you run to be a member of the board, when you run to be a public representative, to a certain degree, having mean things said about you is part of the job. I know that. I fully expect that it will come. But if somebody is acting in that way, if somebody is doing whatever these guys did to deserve being banned, then that needs to be a part of the discussion. That needs to be made public so that we know what it is that we should expect to receive given certain activities. So that we know where the in and outside boundaries are. It's ironic. This is this is the old uh, IDPA versus USPSA issue, right? USPSA, we have fault lines. If your foot is on it but not touching the other side, you know you're in bounds. It's clear. It's unambiguous. And before IDPA added fault lines, that was always the criticism. You don't know where the line is, so it's subjective. It's up to the individual, the individual range officer. Well, now it's USPSA that that's subjective. What is the line? Where are you getting too close to it? Where have you crossed it? We don't know. But the 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 jokes about oh you know you got a ban coming those are certainly I mean they, they've they've become perennial at this point which is very much unfortunate bans are not something to be taken lightly but they have become a joke the idea that that members of USPSA can receive a suspension or a ban for posting critical things on Instagram is very real and that's a shame especially outside of our actual sport of people who don't necessarily shoot a match, haven't shot a match, and they see this this kind of capricious drama over mean words on the internet, apparently. Is that is that reality? Are there actual more substantial charges that 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 justified these drastic actions? Maybe, but we don't know. We haven't been told. And perhaps more importantly, the people involved in this process were not told. At no point were they given any information about what it was that they were being accused of. They were not given a chance to prepare a defense. There is apparently, again, I hate to use it, but there there was some hearsay about, uh, I think Joe was, was wanting to have a lawyer on the meeting because this is you know potentially a very serious issue. And he was told he wouldn't be allowed to. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it definitely seems like this was this was not meant to be a fair process where you actually have rights and you get to see the evidence and confront your accuser this looks like it was meant to just be a way to cover for what the board wanted to do and by spreading it out over a few meetings and giving the the people being suspended a, a chance to you know join a meeting and talk to the board it gives the illusion of some kind of fair legal process without any substance. And so what this looks like from the outside is the board can suspend somebody, give them a very vague description of what they've done. If you request a review, you'll get a meeting where you get 30 minutes to an hour of presenting your side. Maybe you get some questions and then you get banned anyway.
The only guy who didn't get banned was Patrick Brown. What did he do? What, like, the, these are the questions that are important for the members to know. And by leaving us in the dark, it just perpetuates the idea that the board will basically suspend you and ban you if pretty much if they choose to. If they can get five out of the nine votes, then there's basically no due process and they'll just do it. This is obviously not the way I think the organization should be run. I think this should be done in a, a much more forthright way. I don't think this kind of process is good either for the people going through it or for the public perception, both to the membership and the people outside the sport. So obviously, I I don't know what went on in those meetings. I can't say exactly what I would have done differently, but I would like to think that if I were the Area 6 director and I were involved with this process, at the very least, I would try and say everything that I could legally allowed, right? I mean, this is a very secretive bunch and they talk about their executive session and the, the, the confidentiality of what goes on in the board meetings. And that was one of the changes in the bylaws earlier this year was even closing the board meetings to invited guests. Now I have no illusions about my ability to change things if I'm just one lone vote, vote on the board, but I have a hope at, that I could be one of a vocal minority who would say, this isn't right. We need to do things better. We need to give people evidence. We need to tell them what they're being suspended for. We need to tell the membership what we're doing in their name. And we need to tell the membership where the lines are, where the boundaries are. These are all things that the board should be doing and aren't. And if I'm elected, hopefully I can work to change those things. Hopefully we don't suspend anybody. I don't I don't want to be a part of any suspension hearings. But if it comes to this, um, hopefully things things will go differently. At least that would be the earnest effort I would make if if I were involved in these meetings. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. If you want to get in touch with me, my email is podcast at barryshooting.com. Talk to you next time.